Everybody come on, dig Billy G and Mikey T. They're still living in the 70s, yeah. But they're bringing you all those groovy sounds, baby. So boogie into the Lava Lamp Lounge. Oh, yeah. All right. Welcome to the Lava Lamp Lounge, everyone. Mikey T here with you. It's time for the second installment of our Ivory Idol series, shows dedicated to legendary piano players of the 70s. Tonight, we feature the ultimate showman, Barry Manilow. Barry Manilow is one of the most successful adult contemporary artists ever. He dominated pop music during the latter half of the 70s, thanks to a string of 13 number one hits and 14 multi-platinum albums. It wasn't always easy to be Barry Manilow, however, as critics gave little respect to his music, especially the romantic ballads, which tended to be overly lush and bombastic. But that's what the fans loved, and he was respected by other entertainers, uh, everyone from Sinatra to even Eddie Van Halen, and Bob Dylan famously once approached him at a party, gave him a big old bear hug, and said, keep doing what you're doing, man, we'd love it. Manilow was a true pop entertainer and a classic showman in every sense of the word. In a career spanning six decades, Manilow has amassed sales of nearly 100 million records worldwide. Let's dive into Barry Manilow's career during the only decade that matters, at least to fans of this show, the 70s. Manilow was born Barry Allen Pincus. His father left the family when Barry was only two, and he adopted his mother's maiden name of Manilow and began playing piano at the age of seven. Following high school, Barry was accepted to the prestigious Juilliard School of Music, which he paid for by working at the CBS television mailroom. He soon took in various songwriting duties for a variety of projects, including Broadway and television. They get our first freaky fact for Barry Manilow. In late 1969, Manilow was signed to Bell Records by the vice president of parent company CBS Music, a guy named Tony Orlando. Yeah, that Tony Orlando. Manilow would play on several Orlando-produced singles as a member of the group Featherbed, a fictional band made up of studio musicians. In 1971, Manilow wrote Could It Be Magic, a lush ballad based on a composition by classical composer Chopin. He explained to Orlando his vision for the song. Uh, Build slowly to a climax, a, quote, musical orgasm. Orlando got it and went right to work producing the backing tracks. However, he ignored Manilow's idea and turned the song into an up-tempo pop tune. Manilow once stated, he turned my song into knock three times. From 1971, here's the original Featherbed single, Could It Be Magic?
That was pretty fun, right? Good way to start the show. Kind of an unexpected tune. All right, let's keep it going. In 71, a rising star met Manilow and hired him as her pianist, arranger, and musical director. That rising star was Bette Midler. Okay, another freaky fact. Manilow would go on to accompany Midler and her rise to fame in the New York bathhouse tours, uh, then her sold-out Carnegie Hall shows, and he would even co-produce and perform on her first two albums. Do you Manilow never envisioned himself as a performer. His true wish was to be a songwriter, producer, and arranger. So to get his songs heard, he staged a showcase concert for uh, Bell Records executives, and this was in 1973. He was hoping they would like his songs and pass them on to be recorded by real singers. Of course, executives loved the showcase, and they signed Manilow as a solo artist. In spite of his best efforts, Manilow would be cast reluctantly into the spotlight and become a star. Can you imagine that? Manilow's self-titled debut LP was released in 1973 on Bell Records. It contained a newly recorded version of Could It Be Magic, which followed his original vision. Remember Tony Orlando? (laughs) The song would be remixed and released a third time two years later as a single when the debut album was reissued on the Arista label. Side one of the LP closes with a beautiful song titled I Am Your Child. This rare recording is from the 1973 showcase concert that we just talked about. child Wherever you go You take me to Whatever I know I learn from you Whatever I do You taught me to do child and I am your chance whatever will come will come from me tomorrow is one by winning me Whatever I am, you taught me to be. I am your hope. I am your chance. I am your
1974, legendary producer and executive Clive Davis became president of Bell Records. He would soon roll Bell and its subsidiary CBS labels into a brand new label called Arista. Most Bell artists were dropped, but Davis saw great potential in two artists that he kept, Melissa Manchester and Barry Manilow. As label president, Davis had a vision for Manilow's career, but it didn't match Manilow's vision for himself. Manilow saw himself as a songwriter, but Davis saw him as a song interpreter slash performance vocalist, kind of like Barbra Streisand. This obviously caused conflicts and constantly put them at odds. Even though Manilow was writing his own material, Davis had an uncanny ear for hot singles, and he would always present at least two potential hits written by other songwriters. A prime example of this is the song Mandy. Looking in their eyes, I see a memory I never realized How happy you made me, oh Mandy Well, you came and you gave what I take it But I sent you away, oh Mandy Well, you kissed me and stopped me from shaking Originally written and recorded in 1971 under the title Brandy, Manilow originally refused the song, but then changed the name to Mandy to avoid confusion with the 1972 hit Brandy, You're a Fine Girl by Looking Glass. Davis's instinct paid off, of course. Mandy became Manilow's first number one hit on both the Hot 100 and the Adult Contemporary charts and started a string of seven straight number one AC singles over the next three years. Amazing. A lot of twos going on here. Let's play Manilow's second number one hit and second single from his second album, Manilow 2. From 1974, it's a miracle.
all you little fan out there were digging that one, right? That's high energy from start to finish. I love that tune. Awesome. So things are going good now, and Barry is quickly becoming a renowned collaborator, co-writing hits with a wide variety of songwriting partners, most predominantly with lyricist Marty Panzer, who he worked with back at the CBS TV mailroom. Together, the two have written and recorded over 30 songs. We just played their first hit, It's a Miracle. Let's take a listen to some other hits that they collaborated on. right? There was a couple number ones in there too. So for Barry's third album, Trying to Get the Feeling, Clive Davis presented another sure smash hit for Barry to record, but he was so appalled by the song he refused to talk to Davis for several months. I've been alive forever And I wrote the very first song And the melodies together I'm music And I write the song I know you know this one. It was written by Beach Boy member Bruce Johnson and you're listening to the original recording from teen heartthrob David Cassidy. I write the song's tormented Manilow. He felt nervous about coming across as an egomaniac. Davis finally convinced him to record it and sure enough, the song became his third straight number one single. I write the songs that make the whole Oh, we 
fact here. Even though this album features up-tempo hits like New York City Rhythm and Bandstand Boogie, it is also where Manilow perfected the musical trope for which he is often credited with inventing. Dig this, this is real. The power ballad, true. The formula is easy. Romance plus lush melody plus rock and roll muscle crescendo. Here's an example of that formula perfected for sure. The title track from the 1975 album and another number one hit, Trying to Get the Feeling. Doctor. Could you maybe give me something? Cause the feeling is gone and I must get it back right away before she sees that I've been up down trying to get the
Kids, that is what you call a tour de force. An absolute perfect song from start to finish. Every note of that was perfection. I love it. Oh, that's that's got to be my favorite Barry Manilow song. Amazing vocals, start to finish. Fantastic. Groovy, freaky fact time again. I am going to play you a song that seems like it doesn't belong, but it has very strong ties to the show today. So take a listen to this. The voice you are hearing is Ron Dante. In addition to being the voice of bubblegum legends The Archies, Ron Dante co-produced Barry Manilow's first nine albums. It's now 1976, the year Manilow releases his fourth studio album, This One's For You. The LP goes double platinum thanks to the hits Daybreak, Weekend in New England, Looks Like We Made It, and the title track, This One's For You. This one'll never sell, they'll never understand. I don't even sing it well, I try but I just can't. But I sing it every night And I fight to keep it in Cause this one's for you This one's for you We've talked already about Manilow as a co-writer, but many of his most successful songs were written by others. In addition to Mandy and I Write the Songs, which you've played already, other hits he did not write include Somewhere in the Night, Looks Like We Made It, ships, and ready to take a chance again. For most of his early years, Manilow struggled with his success at other writers' hands, but in reality, he was putting his unique stamp on his recordings uh, with his arrangements, his vocal interpretation, his production. He has stated that he now considers himself blessed to be the custodian of these timeless jewels. Here's another gem, this one written by Randy Edelman, closing side one of This One's For You, the number one single, Weekend in New England.
That was a pretty one. I really like that, too. Everybody enjoying the show so far? All my fanalos out there <laughs> having a good time? All right, well, I was told there'd be no math, but uh, I need you to get all your calculators out right now, guys. Help me out here. We're going to take a quick count of Barry Manilow's awards. We'll start with the Emmys. He's got two Emmys for TV variety specials that he did in the 70s and 80s. Uh, he's got one Tony. That was for a 1976 12-day run he did on Broadway. And one Grammy for Copacabana, pop male vocalist. And no, um, no, that that can't be right. No. Let me check the record book. No, yeah, looks like only one Grammy. What is going on with that Grammys? Well, here's the constellation. He's been nominated every decade since the '70s. So with that, the Emmys, the Grammys, Tonys, he is one short of an EGOT. All he needs is an Oscar. There's still time, Barry. <laughs> In spring 1977, Manilow released his first live album, Barry Manilow Live. It was recorded during his Broadway run, which we just mentioned. It captures Manilow at the height of his popularity, and it remains his highest-selling LP at nearly five times platinum. All right, an interesting freaky fact here. Manilow spent the late 60s as a jingle writer for television commercials. His live album contains some of his famous jingles in his very strange medley. Let's take a listen to that. Say hello to your family. Come on, everyone. And Kentucky Fried Chicken, have a barrel of fun. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The advertising world finally paid Manilow its top honor in 2009 when he received the Clio Award for his jingle writing. 1978 was a huge year for Barry, thanks to the release of his fifth album, Even Now, which contained the hit Copacabana, and he also had a multi-platinum-selling Greatest Hits LP. Our next song is from Even Now. It could not have been a hit for anyone else except Barry, truly. Despite his trepidation at the simple lyric, uh, his genius arrangement and the sincerity in his vocal carried the song to the level of pop classic. Can't 
Are you guys loving the show today? I sure hope so. I am. I know you're here because you love 70s music. We love bringing it to you. We're going to keep bringing it to you all through the year. we got a bunch of great shows coming up. More Ivory Idols for sure. We're going to do a lot more Legend shows. And we have, uh, oh, let's see. Do you guys like crime songs? we got something like that coming up. Do you guys like songs of bands that are family members or maybe they're uh, spouses? we got all kinds of great stuff. Oh, there's a bunch of 50-year anniversary bands coming up. we got a ton of stuff planned for you, and it's going to be great. Keep, keep staying with us, guys. We are online, so we want you to go check us out online at lavalamplounge.rocks.rocks. Links to all the shows, information that you need there. We are on SoundCloud. We are on Facebook. We are on all the good social media sites, and you could look us up at Lava Lamp Lounge. Uh, check out the show, subscribe, give us likes, give us comments. We need those for sure. All right, let's finish up our Barry Manilow show. 1978 saw the zenith of Manilow's commercial success. Although he would continue to score more hits, uh, he would never again reach the pinnacle he had at this point. Manilow was still going strong even into the 80s. In fact, they yielded four more platinum albums thanks to hits like the old songs, I Don't Want to Walk Without You, and his last number one single from 1983, which was Read Him and Weep. He would then record several albums exploring his early love of jazz and big band standards, all while continuing to tour and broadcast live concerts worldwide. Alright, this is our last freaky fact. In 2006, at the suggestion of Clive Davis, Manilow recorded a collection of covers, The Greatest Songs of the 50s. The LP was his first to ever debut at number one and his first number one album in 29 years. Wow. Manilow is currently at residence performing regularly in Las Vegas. So get your tickets, everyone. It's an amazing show. You gotta go see him. Let's finish the show with a tune from Barry's last album of the decade, 1979's One Voice. The song is Ships. It's written by Ian Hunter, and it tells a strained relationship between a father and son.
Still 